Welcome to Real Financial Planning Broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcast. We are in the Capital Close-Up Podcast feed. Thank you to all of our new and recent subscribers. Your subscriptions really do help us out. And if you haven't had a chance to do that yet, please do. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice and the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. Mike, how are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great today. That is, you know, I, I take the same approach you do. When people ask, how are you doing? I say, great. You know why? There's a famous congressman who wrote a book once, he, and it was about his experience as a soldier in Korea in 1952, the coldest winter, right? And he was, he describes in the book, he was pinned down, wounded, under enemy fire. People were literally freezing to death around him. They had no food. And the title of his book, and I haven't had a bad day since. And that's how I feel each and every day. You know what? It could be so much worse. On that happy note, speaking of things both kind of getting worse and getting better, it's been an interesting few weeks in terms of economic discussions about interest rates and the economy and the news that's continued to pile up that the Fed is looking to raise interest rates. They just confirmed it again as we record this this week that we're looking in the first quarter of 2022 at an interest rate hike. So today's show, you wanted to talk about interest rates. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Despite the name, people do not find this topic interesting. Wait, it's, what? Yeah. Why can, it, how can you find interest rates so fascinating? It's, it, it's not called that because people are like glued to their screens, but it, it, it is important, obviously, as an investor for your own individual portfolio. And it does bring up this question. If interest rates do go up as they look like they're going to do in 2022, what should you do? How do you position your portfolio to deal with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's great. It's been in the news and, and it looks like it's happening. The question, like you just said, what do you do? How do you take that information and make sure that your portfolio, your investments, your strategy is going to work throughout 2022? So we're definitely going to tackle that today. What are potential moves that you want to think about or implement to take advantage of the current situation or not get destroyed by the current situation, <laughs> however you want to look at it? So the, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna ask: is is this gonna be a very short podcast? Because you're always telling people take a long term view, don't mess with things too much. Is that just the answer? Are we done? Here? Yeah, that's right. We're we're done here. Right. Don't do anything. Well, for Mike good. Morton, I've been. <laughs> go, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sure there's more to it than that. Yeah, it is a unique time, I do believe. So generally, yeah, we take the long view. You have a portfolio. Hopefully, you've taken the time to review your portfolio. You're in those target date funds. You've got a good mix of stocks and bonds for your risk and where you are in life. And therefore, you don't have to check in every quarter or even year in and year out. Continue to save and invest for the future and let it ride. And that advice still holds. So if you do want to tune out, <laughs> you don't want to hear any particular details. If that's you, fantastic. I'm sure you're going to be in great shape um, come even the end of the year, no matter what happens this year. But in this case, it is a unique environment as well because we haven't been in rising rates in a long time. So <clears throat> there are certain things that you can think about or do or understand in your portfolio to do that. So for one, we don't even know necessarily 
what interest rates are going to do. The Fed is in charge of short-term interest rates and interbank lending and loaning, okay? How that flows through to your borrowing costs, your mortgage, how that flows through to your savings account, your interest rates, even short-term, intermediate-term, long-term bonds, the Fed is not in control of those rates. They come back, it flows through the market, and individuals supply and demand make up those rates. So it's not even a foregone conclusion that long-term bond rates will move that much. I see. I see. So for one thing, am I hearing you right? You don't want to over-tilt on the news that the Fed is going to do something about interest rates because your own experience may vary. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So depending on what you're invested in, yeah, your own experience might vary. So we don't want to go around and mess with portfolios. We just mentioned that. But let's talk about why bond rates and interest rates move up and down and especially your portfolio value. Now, mm. the listeners out there might have read this many times that when interest rates rise, bond values fall. Interest rates rise, bond values fall. So we would expect that the value of bonds in your portfolio, all things being equal, would tend to go down this year. That is correct. Okay. And what I want to do now for a minute is describe to you, Matt, and the listeners why that is. You probably read that, and I want you to really understand why when interest rates rise, bond values fall. This is ringing such a bell from when I was an econ major, and I got to admit something. I think I missed a day. I really do. I think I missed a day. This was always the type of thing where I had to go through the exercise like on an exam. And so I knew this as a fact, but the whole mechanism, it's like I had to reconstruct it in my mind. So this is helpful. This is good. Right. Now, there is some math behind this, okay? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the math really simple and straightforward. Sure. Okay? So I'm not going to dive into the details of the mathematics models, but just know that there's a lot of math behind why this works. But before we can get started, Matt, I need to borrow $1,000 from you. Yeah, no problem. I keep $1,000 lying around everywhere next to my gold bars and right underneath my Mercedes. Perfect. Yeah. All right. If I could just borrow that from sure. you. Sure. All right. So that's going to be our bond. I am borrowing money, $1,000 from Matt. That's what you do with a bond. It's an IOU. It's borrowing money from, from somebody right. or lending them. On the other side, Matt and I are now in a situation. He's lending me $1,000. So I've got this um, $1,000 and I'm going to pay Matt 10% interest. Because I like Matt. So 10% sounds pretty good to me. Deal. And so <laughs> I'm going to pay you $100 a year. Okay. So I borrowed 1000 Borrowed 1000 I'm going to pay you 10%, $100 bucks a year. So I have Matt's $1,000. And that's just interest, right? You're not repaying the principal. That's correct. So basically, as long as this bond is out there, I make 100 bucks a year. Not bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you gave up 1000 bucks, but you're making 100 bucks a year. And okay. eventually, I'm going to pay back the 1000 down the road. All okay. right. So you're getting 100 bucks a year. Now, interest rates rise, and I need another 1000 bucks. And Matt doesn't have 1000 anymore because he gave it to me. So I go to our good friend Robin, and I, and I borrow $1,000 from Robin. But he says, interest rates have gone up. I want 20%, okay, 20% instead of 10%. So I have to pay him $200 a year. So now I've got, Matt's got a, a bond, an IOU, that he's getting 100 bucks a year. And Robin has gave me a thousand, same thousand, but he's getting two hundred bucks a year. Okay. Now, if if somebody else wants to buy Matt or Robin's bond, whose do you think they're going to buy? 
Oh, well, yeah, this actually, this is great. This is a great example. So basically, it's like we have another friend. Who I'm going to consolidate. It's like in Rounders, like I've consolidated your debt, right? That's right. What's, what was the name of the enforcer in that? Grandma. So grandma comes around to consolidate debt. I see exactly where you're going with this. So Robin holds a bond that pays him 200 bucks a year. I hold a bond that pays me 100 bucks a year. Well, duh. The value of my bond is lower than Robin's. Right. So you'd prefer, so as that, as grandma, I'd rather go after Robin's bond first. I, that one's worth more. Robin's bond is, even though he gave the same $1,000 that Matt did, Right. Robin's bond is worth a lot more, $200 a year, whereas Matt's is only 100 bucks a year. So in other words, Matt's bond has gone down in value. It's just not worth as much anymore. Grandma really wants Robin's bond. And that's why when interest rates rise, the principal or the bond value goes down. So the amount that grandma would be willing to pay for my bond is less than it would have been. Grandma's a lot happier right. and would pay more for Robin's bond because exactly interest right. rates went up. Okay, That's that right. makes sense. So let's expand it to just the, the overall market now. We have many thousands of bonds. You can buy the entire U.S. bond market. It's heavily weighted towards governments and short-term bonds, but there are corporate bonds and all kinds of stuff in there as well. So millions of bonds. As interest rates rise, and you put $1,000 you put a thousand dollars into that mutual fund, the total U.S. bond market, you right. invest $1,000 as interest rates rise, your $1,000 might go down in value. It's not worth as much anymore. That makes sense. That makes sense. So here I am as an investor, and maybe I listened to the episode we did a couple of weeks ago on target date funds. Good episode. I actually learned a lot, even though I'm already in target date funds. <laughs> maybe I went out and bought myself a target date fund, and within that, I've, I don't know, 80% stocks, 20% bonds, what you're telling me is that 20% is going to go down. Again, all things being equal, my experience may vary, but yeah. that 20% that's in bonds, the value in there is going to go down if interest rates go up in 2022. That's exactly right. That, that is a very real possibility. Now, mm. What do you? What should we do about that? I'd say panic and sell off all your bonds. No, wait, <laughs> panic, uh, that's wrong. Panic wait, and sell everything. <laughs> take it. I've learned nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we got to start over. <laughs> How I got one. fired as the host of Real Financial Planning <laughs> by right. Mike Horton. Yeah. No, that's clearly wrong. No panic moves. So one is we said at the outset. Are interest rates going to rise? How much are they going to rise? We know the Fed's making some moves. Or they said they're making some moves. Are you put in that $1,000, does it go to $999? Did you, you know, really not lose very much or does it go down to $900? We don't know. Okay. So that's why we have the long-term view set and forget it. If you're in a target date fund, like you just mentioned, hey, 20% might be in bonds. What should I do? You, A, you can't really do anything about that because that's the target date fund. They're managing that money for you, that view. If it goes down, good news, it's on sale. They're going to buy more of it because it's going to come back in the future. Right. Okay. So that's where we get to the, hey, you don't have to do anything. But Mike, I do have some bond funds. You can do some investing myself. I do my own allocation. I've got some bond funds. So what are you telling me? I'm telling you that bond values might go down in the short term. So therefore... This is why with my clients currently, I'm recommending let's not get too heavy on bonds and even hold some cash. Uh, I see. 
I see. So let me just read that back to you for a second. For most people who are following a long-term investing strategy, the message is, I was being very tongue-in-cheek, don't make any panic moves, right? Don't go in right. and react as if the, the whatever money you have in bonds is being lit on fire. It's not. And in the long run, you'll do just fine, especially if you're, you're in one of these funds that rebalances and manages and et cetera. But to the extent that you have new money on the margin that you're you're looking to invest in, in 2022, or perhaps you do, as you said, a little bit of, you're not just in, in some broad fund. You're controlling this. You're curating a little bit more. You might edge yourself away from where you're now exposed to that downside risk in bonds. That's correct. And it really depends on your personal preference of investing. And let me say it again another way. In the past three or four years, what have we heard, Matt? Interest rates have nowhere to go but up. Right. We've been hearing that for how long now? Right. And so if, if I had this episode four years ago, hey, maybe you should hold a little more cash. People would be like, Mike, you are so wrong. That was dumb. Okay. So that same thing applies today. That's why I said we have no idea what might happen next. Interest rates, you know, maybe it goes up a quarter, one half a percent, and then it goes right back down because of whatever happens next with pandemic, economy, politicians. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So in other words, that's why we have that long-term view that you can do nothing because we really don't know what's going to happen next. Again, that said, you like to, if you worry about these things and you want to tweak things a little bit, my general philosophy, as you've heard on the podcast, is make small tweaks to take advantage of potential situations, changing things by 5%. It's not panicking or selling 20 30% or 100%. It's 5% on the margins, so we have a plan and we feel good about that plan. So in other words, hey, Mike, I've got a bond fund with $20,000. I'm worried this is going to go down to 18 or seven. I don't I hate looking at it every day. Okay. Maybe you take 5000 of that and put it in cash. That's 15000 still in the bond fund, 5000 in cash, and you wrote it down. Here's why I made this move. I'm going to check in each quarter and maybe make a different decision. Right. So that way you're confident in no matter which way the market goes, I still got plenty in the bond fund for if it stays steady or goes up, I'm still getting that interest. I've got some on cash because that makes me feel better if and when it does go down just that little bit. Hey, I made a move. I feel better about that. So in other words, you've got a plan going in. Revisit that, write it down, and be confident in the way that you're moving forward with your investments. Got it. So the TV weather guy says, hey, it might be a storm tomorrow. The reaction is bring an umbrella, not sell your house. So <laughs> if you are going to bring an umbrella, so you mentioned maybe keep a little bit more in cash. What other tweaks are we talking about here? Again, in the nature of you're bringing yeah. an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I want to stick on the cash for a minute because I get this question a lot, which is, yeah, why are we holding cash? Like, why do I have $50,000 just in cash? I don't, I, in, to lend you know, to Mike you, Morton, who apparently needs lend, a random thousand bucks in the middle of the night. thousand bucks now and yeah, then. Yeah. Uh, disclaimer, I'd never borrow money from any of my friends or clients. <laughs> It's, yeah. I'm not allowed to, right, first right. of all. So the, the question is, you know, why am I holding this cash? Because we know inflation is here. Mike, I'm just why am I holding cash? I'm losing out to inflation and everything else. And I'm certainly not making anything in my savings account. Right. So the answer is what we just said. Because, hey, what's happened in the last couple of weeks with the stock market? Been pretty volatile. 
It's been going down a little bit. Some names have been going really going down. The overall markets are down a little bit. Luckily, I didn't put that 50000 into the market because I could have lost a little bit. What about bonds? We just said they might go down by a few percent at 50000 So, oh, might lose money there. What about cash? Oh, cash, you don't lose anything. It just sits there. Right, right. So what's the alternative? Again, small percent. I'm saying use 50000 I'm saying that in the context of maybe you have 500000 between your retirement accounts, brokerage accounts, et cetera, et cetera. So this is 10%, you know, is sitting 50000 in cash. The reason we have it in cash is to be ready, depending on what the markets do next. If stocks fall by 5, 10, 20%, hey, we could buy, they're on sale. This big for sale sign just went up in the store. Everything 20% off. Come and get it now. Oh, luckily I have some cash sitting around that I can do that. What if bonds go down or the interest rates do rise? Hey, now I can get 2%, 3%, 4%. Yeah, I want to take advantage of that. Again, getting back to the plan, we've written down, here's why I have $50,000 of cash for these reasons. And then week in and week out, quarter, yearly, we can revisit. This is the plan. This is why I have the money. Is now the time to make a move? Is the market down 10 or 20%? Great. you know. And if not... It's 10% of our portfolio. If the market keeps going up this year, we get another 20% gain. Trust me, no one's going to be calling me complaining. Yeah, I just made 20% on the 80, 90% I had in the market. Great. That's why we write these things down and have that plan. So we have to wrap in just a minute or so, but anything else in the category of tweaks to consider if you want to mess around and just be a little bit prepared? Yep. There's a couple of things I mentioned. We talked about I-bonds before. Right. They're still great. So I would definitely check out the episode we had on I-bonds. I don't remember, but Treasury Direct is where you can buy up to $10,000 of I-bonds per person per year. And they're currently yielding over 7%. So interest rate over 7%. So again, that 50000 of cash, well, you can take 10 of it, you know, and put it into an I-bond and that'll be great. Didn't you mention something <laughs> off the air about uh, private debt? Yeah, private debt is a whole other thing I didn't want to get too much into because yeah. it, there's a lot of alternatives, Matt. So there's private debt. It used to be more for institutional investors, tens of millions of dollars going in and, and working with private lenders where you can get 10% return on lending money. You lend a few million dollars to a big developer, they develop a skyscraper, you're lending at a 10% interest rate. And so that those are available to more retail investors now, and you can certainly look that up. There's other products, annuity products, guaranteed annuity products for short terms, one, two, three years, where you can get four, five, 6% on those products. They, each of those things I just mentioned have different risk and rewards. The private debt, but things could go belly up, right? Those projects. In the guaranteed annuities, you're locking money up. You don't have access to that money. The stock market goes on sale by 30%. You're making 4% because you've locked up the money and gotten that 4%. So each of them have different risk and rewards that could really make sense for you, depending on your situation. There are a lot of alternatives now. Just go in with eyes wide open and do a lot of research. Understand because the sales pitch, the marketing will look great. Because people are searching for that yield. I, hey, I'm, I can't make anything in my savings account. And this guy's telling me I can make 4%. Guaranteed. It'll be big guaranteed 4%. That sounds awesome. So the marketing materials look really good. Just be careful you understand all the risks. Because everything is a trade-off. There is no free lunch. Everything's got trade-offs. And different products and alternative investments make sense to different people depending on your situation. That's why there's a lot of different stuff out there. Great tips. Great advice, as always. And... No one run out and sell your house. For Mike Morton, I'm Matt Robeson on Real Financial Planning, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt.
Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.